0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and welcome back to episode number 196 of this glorious podcast. I am super excited to be here talking to you guys. We have an abundance of things to talk about. Obviously, we're going to be talking about DeAndre Hopkins visiting New England, and we're going to be discussing that good news, bad news. They left on positives, but no contract was signed. So where does that leave the whole situation? I obviously want to talk about the hobby, of course. I want to go over a couple of things that I'm experiencing on eBay. And traditionally, I don't do a lot of selling on eBay. However, lately I have been just to, you know, Broaden my reach, broaden my horizon, reach more people, reach new people. And of course, you know, help, you know, execute sales. I mean, that's at the end of the day, Murph's Car Town Sports Shop's a business. So that's what, you know, eBay's kind of good for. However, there's just one awful thing that's just pissing me the F off. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. And then lastly, what we're going to be talking about is a conversation that I'm going to be having with a buddy of mine, Ricky Rips later today we're going to be making a youtube video about it we're going to be talking about certain players that we think or that we want to buy sell and hold so after i record this episode i'm going to be discussing with him you know players that we want to buy sell and hold and i already have an outline of players he has no idea about it i don't even know who i would pick in terms of oh yeah i'll buy that player yeah i'll sell that player yeah i'll you know hold that player I just don't know what avenue I'm going to go down. However, I'm going to kind of brainstorm it and think about it with you guys a little bit, but let's talk about the D hop news first. Let's talk about the D hop news first. And before we do, I really want to say thank you guys so much for clicking on this video. If you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much. Please make sure you like comment and of course subscribe to the channel. If you're new or haven't considered subscribing. If you're listening to this episode on audio only platforms like Spotify. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, anywhere, you know where, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Blah, 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 blah. Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Sorry, I'm, I'm still trying to wake up a little bit with my Celsius. But yes, let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins because things went fairly, fairly well. And I don't remember hearing such good reports coming out of Tennessee when Hopkins was there earlier this week. Now, I guess... Hopkins and the Patriots are in no rush to sign. Both sides are in no rush. However, if I'm the Patriots, I feel like you should want to be in a rush because there's not many players. Actually, he's probably like the last premier guy outside of a, a few running backs that have been waived and you know are still free agents. But there's no other big-name guys out there that will make an impact on your team that could make an impact on your team that should make an impact and that will make an impact on your team and that's DeAndre Hopkins and it's at a position of need for this team now I've sat here before I've done it a few times in the shop and when you look at the AFC all 16 teams some teams it's a stretch but you could make an argument that all teams in the AFC could be a playoff team now I know teams like the Colts, you know, it's it's going to be a long shot. You know, teams like the Broncos is going to be a long shot. The Browns is a long shot. So, yeah, there's some teams that are stretch. But, I mean, pick any other team. Raiders, best receiver in the league, top three, top five running back in the league. Jimmy G, statistically a winner, a really good defense. Second-year coach over there, Josh McDaniels, they kind of turned it on last year. You know, Chargers made the playoffs last year. You hope Herbert, you know, takes another step. Titans, who knows? Defense is good. Best running back in the league in Derrick Henry. Question marks at quarterback. Weak AFC South, so weak division. I mean, then you look at the AFC East. I mean, we could do this all day about all the teams. And the Patriots are in the middle of that yeah, yeah, there's a conversation to be had, there's an argument to be had, but with everything else around them, it's going to be unlikely. Again, kind of like Broncos, like the Titans, like the Colts. Like, yeah, there's a conversation, but it's kind of unlikely. However, if you bring in a guy like Hop, he's immediately your number one receiver. He's arguably the best receiver, arguably the best receiver in the division. Yeah, you got Diggs, you got Tyreek Hill. Okay, top three. Let's go top three. I think we can all satisfyingly say he's a top three receiver in this division. Again, arguably number one. You give Mac Jones, a quarterback who's been scrutinized, a true number one receiver, which through two years of his career has yet to have. His best receiver has been... Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker. I mean, yeah, you signed Juju, but imagine a wide receiver. How about just a receiving corpse of uh, D Hop as your number one? Juju is your number two. You know, three years ago, three, four years ago, those two guys were number ones. Imagine a few years later, they're on the same team. Pretty good. Then you got Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker. Hopefully, you expect Tyquan Thornton to take some strides. Mike Isicki. Hunter Henry, to go you no, know, and to go along with Ramondre Stevenson, who has probably solidified himself as a top ten running back at this point. That's pretty good. That's a really good offense. Plus, the offensive line hopefully got better, made some moves this offseason. You know, not not the sexy moves, but still moves have were made. Brought in some veteran tackles. Bill O'Brien, new offensive coordinator. You have somebody that's not looking at a burger menu calling offensive plays. I like it. I like it a lot. You could say that's maybe the best offense in the division. Yeah, the Jets have something going with Rodgers. They brought in Lazar. They brought in Cobb. you still got Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall coming back. Yeah, that's a really good offense, too. You know, Buffalo, Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Damian Harris former friend, now foe, Dawson Knox, Gabe Davis, and then Miami, Tua, Bering Health, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. I mean, there's a lot of good talent in the AFC, and that's why I sit here and say that if I'm looking at this team right now, the way that it is currently constructed, they're still the last place team in the division. I mean, I've done the win-loss, and y'all, I will be doing it again as we get closer and closer to the regular season. I don't feel cozy with this team and their schedule right now. But you bring in a guy like D Hop, I think they're over under seven and a half. I mean, I'd probably take the under on that right now, if I'm a betting man. Which football, yeah. But let's let's not we're not having that conversation today. But you bring in D Hop, I mean, you would have to assume just he wakes up out of bed, eighty balls caught, 1, twelve thousand to twelve hundred yards, eight touchdowns. Like he just wakes up out of bed and that's gonna be his season long stat stat line. And I think through that, that's an extra win. Because you were able to throw him a you know, a goal line fade with a minute left in the game and win. He were able to pick up some clutch third downs, maybe fourth downs with him on on a you know a time wasting drive. I really do think D Hop allows you to get an extra win. I mean, listen. We've sat here and said for years that Bill was able to steal you a couple games. Just Bill Belichick alone, not even playing, but the coach was able to steal you a couple games during the regular season because he was just by far superior than the other coach on the other sideline and that the other coach was going to mess up, make mistakes, and Bill was going to capitalize, not make mistakes, and make the right play whether that was week 10 against the Jets, whether that's week 14 against the Bills when they used to suck. It's just he would be able to steal you a couple games to go along with Brady and that firepower offense and that great defense that we had, you know, the second part of the dynasty. And I think D-Hop can have a similar effect just for this year. I'm not even looking past next year. Maybe D-Hop wants a couple-year deal. Maybe Bill only wants to do one year. But there's still so many positive signs coming out. And it feels now more than ever a true realistic possibility. You know, a a couple months ago when the Cardinals were looking to trade him and they wanted a first-round pick and then they release him, it's just like there's other options out there for him. Kansas City, Buffalo. But they can't afford them. They can't afford him. That's why I think... The Patriots should be in such a rush, in such a hurry to sign DeAndre Hopkins because you don't want to have to wake up and hear that the Kansas City Chiefs cut this veteran defensive player, you know, to make room to go sign DeAndre Hopkins. They just say they just freed up $13 million on the cap. And now they're going to go use that to sign DeAndre Hopkins. Like you don't want that. I mean, that's why I think these quarterbacks listen, I want players to get paid in sports i'd rather the money go to their pockets than the owner's pockets but when your quarterback your tight end and your defensive tackle is making like 75 million i mean Mahomes is making close to 50 kelsey 20 and i think chris jones is like close to 20 as well so when you have three players making almost 100 million dollars you know obviously give or take you're gonna have to be a little bit lenient elsewhere around your roster Guys like Aaron Rodgers, guys like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson just taking up so much money on the cap is going to hinder your team. That's why I still think the Chiefs had to trade Tyreek Hill because, yeah, they were going to pay him big-time money because, you know, he deserved it, I believe, but they just couldn't afford him. You have Patrick Mahomes, an A1 elite-tier quarterback, who can make it work with other guys? Why do we need this elite receiver who's making so much money? Now, I was a big proponent of I want to see what Mahomes can do without Hill, and I want to see what Hill can do without Mahomes. And they played great. They played fantastic without each other. But still, I mean, look at Damian Lillard in Portland. I mean, not, not to you know cross sports or apples and oranges, but I strongly believe that Portland can't put a great team around Damian Lillard, because the dude's making 50 something million dollars. And that's going up against the cap. It's hard to build a team when you don't have, when you have to fill 14 other roster spots. I mean, Buffalo, you don't want to wake up and say, hey, they just cut this offensive lineman, this aging offensive lineman, freed up 10 million on the cap. Now they can go out and sign DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, would you take 10 million to go play for the Chiefs and the Bills or? 13 to 15 to go play for the Patriots. I mean, I guess you got to ask, you know, what you prioritize. But just in a vacuum, if he wants to win and be competitive and, of course, make the money at the same time, you're going to pick Buffalo, you're going to pick Kansas City over the Patriots. So I just don't think the longer this goes on, the better it is for the Patriots. I really don't. I do strongly believe that if they're able to wrap this up ASAP, it will be more beneficial just because I fear that, hey, the the Chiefs cut whoever freed up this much money against the cap. Could this be a move to go push for DeAndre Hopkins because the Chiefs don't like their wide receiver room? Yeah, we could see that. I mean, we're all expecting the, the Bills to take a step back, especially on defense. But I mean, what's their offense going to look like again in a better division? Is Josh Allen going to be able to be that guy, or does he need more help? Hey, they could. Cut, I mean, they could cut somebody, make make the room, make the money work, and then bring in D Hop. Again, would you rather make ten million for the Chiefs and the Bills and not have a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl, or would you rather join the Patriots, thirteen to fifteen, so a little bit more money? But a long shot to win the Super Bowl. Obviously priorities will have to be discussed with you know internally with D Hop, but it's all about winning. In in football specifically. I mean the conversation is ever ending about rings and MVPs and statistics. D Hop's got the statistics. He does. And he'll still continue to make uh, still continue to get those statistics. Touchdowns, yards, receptions. But it's the ring that's what it comes down to if patrick mahomes has never won a world uh, world series wow (laughs) if patrick mahomes has never won a super bowl people aren't going to make the extreme exaggeration conversation that he's a top five quarterback of all time like dude's played six years in the league he has all the potential in the world to be a top five quarterback a top three top two maybe even the best ever but can we just simmer down on that conversation and if he's never won, say he loses that first Super Bowl. Say the 49ers are able to maintain that what was it 11-point lead in the Super Bowl. Say the, the Eagles weren't able to win the Super Bowl last year. And Mahomes is sitting with two MVPs, which is fantastic. Wait, does he have two MVPs or does he only have one? Who won the MVP last year? 2022 NFL. I don't even know who won the MVP last year. Was it Mahomes? It was Mahomes. Okay, yeah. Uh, sitting with two MVPs at home. MVPs doesn't do anything for you. Peyton Manning has five MVPs. And he's not regarded, I mean, depending on who you ask, not regarded as a top five ever, top three ever. He's got two Super Bowls. It's just, you know, things could change quickly for the Patriots. Yes, both sides feel great about it. Yes, there's tons of positivity on both sides from Hop and from the Patriots. Both sides aren't in a rush. D-Hop, I'd understand not wanting to be in a rush. You know, again, maybe that Kansas City or that Buffalo team comes out of nowhere and be like, hey, we just freed up all this money. We just freed up $10 million. Please come play with us. Please, please, please. The Patriots should fear that. They really should. They don't have a bargaining chip anymore. If the Patriots still had Tom Brady and D-Hop walked in there's no way he leaves without signing a contract because he sees that he can go play with Tom Brady and be a legitimate title contender. If he go visits the Chiefs and the Bills, he's going to see that he can play with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, two of the best quarterbacks in our league today. And he's going to want to play with them. As great as a coach Bill Belichick is, as stable as an organization the Patriots are, that only gets you close, closer to executing this deal. I I really do strongly feel that the Patriots will get this deal done. I feel really good about it. But I have expressed my concerns. And I'm really curious to hear what you guys have to say. First of all, do you even want DeAndre Hopkins on this team? Do you like the team as constructed? Or do you think DeAndre Hopkins will take the Patriots to the next level? I think they will. I think he will. But how? what's the next level? Is that... Third place in the division is that a wild card spot? Is that winning the division? Let me know, guys, what you think down in the comments. If you're listening to this on YouTube, if you're listening to this on audio only platforms, reach out to me via social media at Merv's Card Town on Twitter, Instagram, and of course Facebook as well. Let me know your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins to the Patriots. Do you want him? Do you not? Do you think it'd be a good fit? Does he take the Patriots to the next level? What is that next level? Give me all of your thoughts and opinions about it. Give me everything. Because this is a serious conversation to have. Hopefully, by the time we're sitting here next week for next episode, we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins as a patriot. I feel that good that we will be. And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins is going to want to do his due diligence. You know, hey, is this the best thing for me and my family? Go to New England? I think it is. All things considered, all factors considered, but only time will tell only time will tell. But this was a really fun conversation. It did not feel like as much time as went by. I really did not expect to be talking about this for as long as I have. I thought it'd be like, maybe like a five to 10 minute conversation. No, this was close to a 20 minute conversation. Boy, do I love that? Okay. So let's get into. What are the thing? What was it? Well, I was going to talk about three things today. Deandre Hopkins buy, sell, hold. I don't remember the, th- oh, eBay. Duh. let's talk about eBay first. Cause I, I feel like that's just gonna be me bitching and ranting for like 10 minutes and then we'll be done. All right. So I post, so I received a case of 2022 top series two hanger boxes with, you know, the red box with Aaron judge on the cover just came out and there's 64 boxes in a case. Now I don't think I'm going to sell 64 boxes here in person at the shop. I posted on the shop's Instagram that, Hey, I got these boxes. They retail for $12. If you show me this post before the end of the day on Friday, $10. So we'll see how many bites we get on that. You know, the shop's not open yet, obviously, but let's see how many bites we get on that. However, I also posted it on eBay and I posted the blaster boxes too because I have a whole another case of that coming in, which I completely forgot that I ordered two cases from two separate distributors, but you know what? It is what it is. So I posted the hanger boxes on eBay. I go to bed. I wake up in the middle of the night. I sold one. Well, actually, I sold 12. No, 10 to one guy. Go back to sleep and I wake up and there's some more orders. Excellent. P- fantastic. However, I go check my transaction details. And I did offer, I did offer volume pricing. It's like, I, I don't know, whatever the breakdown is. But I'm gonna use this guy's purchase of 4. So the guy bought 4 boxes, $12 a piece. That's uh, what is that? $48, $5 shipping, so that's 40 uh, 53, but he saved a little bit because of the volume discount plus the taxes whatever. So at the end of the day, the amount that he paid was $50.60. That is for the four boxes, that is for shipping and taxes. These were $7.54. That is fees. So I'll be honest, that is almost the price of one hanger box right there. Wholesale. That is almost the price of one hanger box. So I have to go. So I just sold four boxes to this guy. And basically, I just gave him one for free, if you want to think about it that way. So my net proceeds at the end of the day is $43.06. That's how much I'm going to be walking away with after giving him four boxes. Now, keep in mind, I still got to ship it. So to put those four boxes in a box, I charge $5 for shipping. I think that's fair. Throw it in a box, ship it out. It's going to cost me 4 to $5 on pirate ship to send it out. So I'm going to be losing another $5. So my net proceeds after that, now granted he did pay for it, but again, you know, with fees and such, is going to be $38 roughly. So I'm going to click on see fee, see fee details. Wow, that's a tongue twister. So let's see. I fees are based on thirteen sixty seven, because that's the price of a box with the discount, shipping and sales tax thirteen sixty seven. So he saved sixty cents per box because he bought four. Uh, the shipping and handling was one twenty five per box, and the sales tax was one o two per box. So it's thirteen sixty seven times four. Anyway, so that's what the fees are based on. So. Let's see, uh, the fee total is 181. So that is 13.65 times 13.25%. That equals 181. Then you got to multiply that by four because there's four boxes. And at the end of the day, that equals 724 minus the final value fee, which is 30 cents. It's like a processing fee, 754. Hopefully that you were able to follow along. I'll break it down one more time. 1367 per box with the price of the box, the discount for the volume pricing taxes and shipping is 1367 is what he paid per box. This guy bought four boxes. So the final value fee is one eighty-one. Thirteen dollars 13.67, $13 and 67 cents times 13.25% equals $181 and 81 cents times four, $7 and 24 cents plus 30 cents, plus thirty cents, seven fifty-four. Again, that is almost the wholesale price of a hanger box itself. Now, listen, I think eBay is a great tool. Now I'm not going to sit here and talk about comps today. I mean, pff, my God, that's a whole, that's a whole episode itself is talking about eBay comps and looking up this and whatever eBay is a great tool to sell something potentially fast, to reach a broader audience, to reach a national audience, an international audience. However, when they're gutting me $7.54, it's just like a kick to the nuts because, which and I'm trying to call, I reached out to, to eBay on Twitter and it's just absolute garbage. I'm like, hey, the fees are so high and they're like, oh, it's a fixed fee. Uh, because there's no third-party payment whatever like you know how they used to use PayPal and all that and there's no PayPal they just kind of took them out and now it's just eBay so the fees are based on again the item price shipping and handling and the sales tax which comes up with the fee and then if you under transaction breakdown where it says my net proceeds are forty three dollars and six cents I click on the the amount for said transaction breakdown of $50.60. That was before the fees. This amount only includes the item subtotal and shipping. It doesn't include any taxes or fees. Like, I really, really am bothered by eBay and their fees. I understand having a global platform. It's a convenience for me. And I need to pay for that convenience. I understand that. But $13, I'm sorry, $13, 13.25%, like that's just taken away out of the profit margin. Like the, the case of hanger boxes cost X plus shipping and then a processing fee. So let's say it's supposed to cost $100, which it's not. But let's just say for, you know, the, the shipping is going to cost $15, and the handling is going to, it's typically 3% of how much the item cost. So that's another $3. It's a 18 let Let's just call it $120. Let's just call it $120. And that's how much it costs wholesale. Well, from that, I'm not going to get that shipping and I'm not going to get that processing feedback, but I got to take into consideration of the formula. It's just sucks where... I'm okay, I'm, I paid $120 for it, but every sale I make to get closer, I'm losing 13.25%. And again, I'm getting feeds taken out on the shipping, which the buyer is paying me to ship his item or ship their item, I should say. I'm also getting feed on taxes, which eBay's collecting. I'm not collecting that. I mean, listen, as a brick and mortar, as a legal business in the state of Rhode Island, I collect sales tax here at the shop, at shows, whatever. I collect sales tax. I pay the state of Rhode Island at the uh, at the beginning of the following month. eBay is like, no, no, we'll take care of the sales tax. Okay, yeah. You took, uh, let's see, you took the sales tax of $4.07. You collected that, you'll pay the state of Rhode Island. That's great. Thank you. However... Uh oh crap where, where where did my thing go hold on the come on open oh, oh no it's frozen well anyways i'm getting fees taken out on shipping and sales tax which i believe is just absolutely horrendous it's just another way to slide fees into your onto me to put money into your pocket i think the ideal fee for eBay would be somewhere between 5 and 7%. I think that's super fair. I think that is beyond fair. That covers processing fees from people using cards because typically it's around 3%. It also gives you a little bit of extra money in your pocket for, again, using your global platform, the convenience of using your global platform, and just a little extra in your pocket You're still going to make a ton of money, you know, even on 6%, you're going to make a ton of money, especially with the amount. And this is just sports cards and Pokemon cards and trading cards, let alone people selling shoes and clothes and furniture and, you know, knickknacks and whatever else on eBay. But I truly, I remember the fees were never this high. When I first started selling on eBay, I was, I was a junior in high school. Was that a junior? Maybe, no, I think it was a sophomore in high school. It was like 2014. I had a bunch of old Yu Gi Oh cards. And I was like, I don't need these anymore. You know, yeah, I'm so, I, you know, I got back into playing, but I don't need these cards. You know, can I make like 40, 50 bucks on it? So I sold it on eBay. And I sure as hell don't remember the fees being that high. I really don't. You know, granted, that was a different time. It was almost 10 years ago. But I really do think with the popularity of sports cards in the hobby in general, the fees boomed. I, I think in like 2020 it used to be like 10 percent 9 10 11 percent ish and then they raised it it's like just greed greediness and i think i know i think i think i'm starting to kind of go off the rails here a little bit and i think that's one of the reasons why like i'm so passionate about this hobby my customer base people that support the shop is i don't prioritize money I don't prioritize greed I really don't and I think a lot of people can back me up on that because if I did I would never come off prices I'd be firm on everything they'd be top dollar and I wouldn't care about your experience oh hey how is the box you opened last time was it good oh yeah that's excellent to hear oh I'm sorry to hear that I mean these companies I mean I've talked about this with the PSA before they don't care about your experience you know, i've talked about it in, in a youtube video i don't don't remember if i've elaborated on here or not but i care about your experience these big companies whether that's psa ebay walmart target they don't care about your experience in the hobby they just want your money And now listen i understand i'm a business i need to make money pay overhead to pay bills bring in inventory to make a living. But I think anybody that has walked into the shop and I would love to hear your reaction guys. I would really appreciate your response. Do you think that I care about the money? Do you think that's what I prioritize in this hobby, in this business? No, I care about you. I prioritize your experience, your satisfaction. That's what I prioritize. That's why I do believe that I'm, I'm trying to say this nicely, so I don't sound like I'm just full of myself, but like, that's why, and please don't, don't take this the wrong way. Like, I'm not trying to sound like I'm full of myself. I'm not trying to sound like I'm better than anybody or better than anyone, but like, I do believe that's why Merv's Cartown Sports Shop has become a strong pillar in the community, has become a place to go for people in the hobby. And listen, I'm, uh, I'm like two months away from celebrating my two year. Eight out of 10 small businesses fail within the first two years. I just want to make it to that two year mark. Listen, that doesn't mean I made it or I'm successful, but you had to do a lot of right things, a lot of good things to get to that point. And that's what I'm striving for. And it wouldn't, and none of this is possible without you, without your support, without your contribution. And I really do think that I show my appreciation, my gratitude, my thanks. And I look for nothing in return. I don't look to be recognized. I don't look to be, you know, highlighted on, you know, on YouTube, on social media, at shows. I look for nothing like that. I host trade night here. I ask for not even a dime for people to use the shop space. So I mean I, I guess let's try to circle this back to eBay here. I mean eBay just doesn't care about that. They care about their fees and their money that, they're, that they they want to make. And listen, I get it. You're, you're a business with a massive platform. I understand. I get it. It sucks for the little guy is what I'm trying to say. It sucks for the little guy. And I've made a YouTube video about it. Um, when is it? When did it come out? Uh, Let's see. When did it come out? When do you come out? Do, 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 do. It came out on June 8th, so last week. I, a video titled this is why i hate selling on ebay and it literally goes into the whole breakdown of the fees and why i'm getting feed on taxes and shipping and it's just such dissatisfaction it, it's just a sour taste in my mouth so if you guys haven't watched it definitely go watch it because i elaborated on it more i show you the transaction breakdown and the numbers and i really kind of you know get into the nitty-gritty in the video. It's not even five minutes long. It's definitely worth your time if you want to kind of you know piggyback off of the topic that was discussed here and just get a little bit more elaboration. Uh breaking ooh hoo Ja Morant. We have news about Ja Morant. Breaking news. I know this isn't live, but breaking news here on the podcast. It is about Ja Morant. ESPN. NBA has suspended Grizzly Star Ja Morant 25 games to start the 2023-24 season from Adrian Wojnarowski. I uh, did not expect to be talking about that today. I know that the NBA wanted to wait for the the final series to be over to not take away any of the spotlight from the two teams and the players playing. And now that the Denver Nuggets parade is over, we can talk about off-season things. And <laughs> day one, uh, I mean, I guess the off-season has started for a bunch of other teams and when the final ended, but whatever. Day one with no distractions or no other big storylines. NBA drops this 25 games um that is just under a third of the season I thought it was going to be half I thought it was going to be somewhere between 20 and 40 games I think 25 is a good number and hopefully he learns I mean will the Grizzlies look to trade him maybe will they look to release him maybe but this is going to take a serious impact on John Moran's market and the hobby and course i want to talk about the hobby too with the buy sell hold portion of this uh this episode today but i really do think that that's a true hit to job moran's reputation the grizzlies i mean what are the grizzlies going to do they were a top team in the western conference and they're going to have they're not going to have their best player for almost a third of the season i mean i don't know when 25 games is up but that has to be around christmas time i think it's it's just wow And the dude got suspended. He missed a lot of time for the same action. And then after the season ends, he's got another gun on the Instagram video. It's just like, what are we doing? You're a role model for kids. And I've had this conversation before with people. It's like, you know, rappers, they'll be blowing money or throwing money. And they'll have like gang signs and guns and stuff and like music videos. I mean, that's like a lifestyle that they're living, which is fine. I, I don't care. It's a lifestyle that they're living, but like, they're not role models like sports athletes are like, <laughs> I love Lil Wayne, but I couldn't tell you the last time I heard someone say, I look up to Lil Wayne. He's my idol. He's, you know, someone I've looked up to since I was a kid. I, I you know, I've heard tons of people say he's one of the best rappers ever. His music is great. His music is influential. Uh, he's one of my favorite ever. Uh, I'd love to meet him someday. You know, I've heard a bunch of all this and all that. But I've never heard that, oh, he's my idol, that I look up to him. Oh, I want to be like him. Like you do with sports athletes. You hear it all the time with sports athletes. Oh, I look up to you. You know, I want to grow up one day and be just like you, you know, hitting the game-winning shot. I mean, all these young kids that grew up in like the Steph Curry three-point transformation era. You know, all these young kids now that are playing young youth basketball all shoot threes because they want to be like Steph Curry. They all want to be like Steph Curry. People want to be like Jordan. People want to be like Kobe. People want to be like LeBron. People want to be like Curry. That's just the nature of it. But no one wants to grow up and be like a rapper. And that's why I think this is such huge, big news for John Moran because you have... First of all, you have a, a little daughter. She's like three or four, I think you have a whole franchise with a strong, passionate fan base that looks up to you. You have kids across the country and across the world that look up to you that enjoy your style of play, that play like you, that want to play like you and people that will go save up money over a year to buy a ticket for when you're in town to go watch you play. I mean, sports athletes are looked up to. They're idolized. And I think 25 games is, is, is a good number. I mean, I don't want to see John Morant miss half a season because he's a, a transcending athlete with insane abilities, with insane athleticism and tremendous skill that puts him in the elite of the elite in the NBA and maybe sports, period but he needs to learn. He needs to understand. And hopefully that he can take some time to reflect. I really do. I really do. So I don't want to get too carried away with that, but we were able to talk about John Morant, which I did not expect to do today, but let's talk about sports card hobby. All right. So I'm going to rattle off some athletes that on my segment with Ricky rips that I will be recording. And just later this morning, But i want to talk about it with you because i just want to kind of brainstorm a little bit you know with you just talk out loud and kind of figure it out before i go into the 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 show with him so the segment's going to be buy sell hold there's gonna be five guys you have to buy at least one you have to sell at least one and you have to hold at least one guy but you can only hold one guy so you can buy twice you can sell twice But you can only hold one you can only use your hold once so let's start with drew jones He's gonna be the number one guy that we're gonna be discussing. Drew Jones, David Adams put a bounty of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Got pulled. Person who pulled it is gonna take the money. The alternative to that two hundred fifty k was a million dollars. if He becomes a Hall of Famer. That's a twenty-five year process. We're not gonna see him in the big leagues for three to five years. He'll have a fifteen year or so career. Uh, five years to wait for the ballot. It's just I'm not gonna wait twenty five years to win a million to, to potentially get a million dollars. Young prospects flame out all the time. Young prospects turn into great superstars, but not necessarily Hall of Famers. The market, the sports card market could be different. Um, the economy could be different. The state of the, the, the nation could be different. It's just, I'll take my quarter of a million dollars now. But anyways, does Drew Jones become a good buy right now? Right now, with all the hype around Jackson Holiday, who actually Ricky and I talked about last time, last month, is Drew Jones a good buy? Yes and no. Personally, if I can get into him for fairly cheap with all the hype around Jackson Holiday, any struggles that he faces, maybe uh, Holiday gets injured and Drew Jones performs well, he gets promoted, I think it'd be really beneficial. I like the Diamondbacks. I like what they've been doing the past couple seasons. I love what they're doing this year. And I still think there's a ton of room for them to grow and become even better. And I think Drew Jones could be a part of that very soon. If if the price is right, I will buy Drew Jones. Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP, finished runner-up this year. Easily could have been a three-time MVP, back-to-back-to-back MVP. Just won the NBA, the NBA Finals. Just won the MVP. However, big men values just not there. And I think Ricky and I even compared, like, Luka has all this value in the world, but what has he done? He's done nothing. Jokic over here has no value, and he's done everything, you know, well, at least up until that point. Jokic is a tough one. I mean, I think given the moment right now, I'm going to be selling Jokic because he's done everything in his power to become a top five, top three, top one player in this league. He finally won. But what is that really going to do for his value? Hopefully, it blows it up. And if that's the case, then I want to sell. Because being a big man, if he wins another championship, is it really going to go up that high? If he wins another MVP, is it going to go up even more? Probably, but not as much as I would like. I'll, 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 I'll take my earnings right now and I'll sell Nicole. I hope I remember who I'm buying, selling, and holding. I really hope so. I really hope so. Um, come... When I go record with Ricky. All right, Aaron Judge. Going back to baseball. We have Aaron Judge. Injured right now. Uh, he was on the 10 or 15 day IL earlier this season. Came back, hit a bunch of home runs. Still on track. or at the time, he was on track to hit 60 home runs. He's injured right now. I mean, he's clearly a, a superstar in this league. Oh, Aaron Judge is tough. And I can only hold one. Do I want to hold Aaron Judge? I mean, his hype is so high. Oh, man. I'm trying to think in the sense that I don't know the following athletes on the list, which I do know. But I'm trying to think in the sense of, like, you know, Ricky, who's not going to know. So, if he holds – if I hold Aaron Judge, I can't hold whoever may be following. and it may, They may be better holds. Um. That's a tough one. Aaron Judge is really he's worth buying. He's not worth selling. He's worth holding. But like just the market of a Yankees player like Judge, the face of the franchise right now, who's the reigning MVP, reigning 62 home runs. But he's injured though. So but like what is out there to really buy, though? I guess Judge, I guess Judge is going to be a buy. Uh Judge would will be a buy. Uh, no, no, hold. Sorry, hold. He'll be a hold. Just because. His value's kind of plateaued right now being injured. Bad time to sell. Bad time to buy because, again, Yankees is top-tier franchise, top-tier fan base, you know, in terms of following at least. So I'm going to hold Aaron Judge. Number four. We've got two guys on, on as number four. So you have to buy, sell, or hold both of them. And I guess in my case, I can only buy or sell both of them. So they're in the same boat. They're fairly similar players. And that's Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell. And I'm sure after hearing those names, you could understand why that they're kind of in the same boat together. Desmond Ritter, up-and-coming quarterback, played a little bit last year for the Falcons. Sam Howell played a little bit last year for the Commanders. Both have high ceilings, high potential. Uh, I think both teams will have pretty good offenses this year. I mean, I like. I mean, the market right now is buy, buy, buy. Ritter and Howell. The market is both right now for both of those guys. You know, buy, buy, buy and honestly i've been on the by ritter and by howell train for a few months even before the season ended just because i see the potential there and i still think quarterbacks young quarterbacks like them not drafted in the first round need a chance to play guys like kellen mond carson strong ian book uh tons of other guys i can't think of them right now they just need a chance they just need a chance and i feel like they're not getting that chance like malik willis perfect example Drafted in the third round. Arguably a first-round guy last year. Slid to the third round. And the Titans already drafted Will Levis. It's like, give Malik a chance. He didn't look bad in the games that he played. needs a chance. So I'm really excited to see what Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell can do. So that's why I'm going to be hammering the bye on them. And then last but not least is Ronald Acuna Jr. He's already got like 20 seven steals this year uh i know he's not he's close to 20 home runs he's gonna be a 30 30 guy Uh, he'll definitely get more than 40 steals at this pace i guess those giant pizza box bases are making a difference uh what is it what's his name you not yuri uh eustery e-u-s-t-e-r-y um is his last name perez or no ruiz Astori ruiz i don't know he's just like outfielder for the uh the athletics who's on a, what, six seven eight game winning streak now? He's like 33 steals. A dude gets on base and just goes. <laughs> he literally just gets on base and goes. And, I mean, he's going to 60, 70 stolen bases this year. I mean, it's crazy the steal numbers that we're seeing from the pizza boxes, you know, being the new bases. It's good to see. It's really good to see. Stolen bases were kind of a thing in the past because getting on base was tough. Getting base hits was tough with the shift. Now you eliminate the shift. You make the bases just a smidge bigger. And it makes baseball pure and whole again. And I think Acuna is exceptional right now. I still think people are kind of sleeping on him. I would say he's front-runner for the NL MVP. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy Acuna. I mean, I love Acuna. I was wearing a Acuna Jr. shirt yesterday here at the shop. But I love, love, love Acuna. And I think, you know, he's leading the NL in all-star votes. I mean, if he's the quote-unquote captain or whatever i mean i think it's going to help his value if he hits if he becomes 30 30 it's going to help 40 40 we haven't seen what since matt kemp almost did it like 10 years ago and he should have won mvp i mean matt braun uh, ryan braun had a really good season i mean but found out that he juiced i think matt kemp had like 39 home runs and 42 steals something crazy like that uh he was close but i think the last one was it alfonso soriano I want to say it was the last forty forty guy, forty uh, forty baseball. I don't know forty forty club. I know it's a small small list. Yeah, Alfonso Soriano, the most recent player to join the forty forty club, commemorated the occasion in two thousand six by retrieving the bag from second base after his fortieth steal. Wow, two thousand six. Alfonso Soriano was the last forty forty guy. That is tough. Barry Bonds, A Rod uh and jose canseco are the only 40 40 guys that is crazy i mean listen i'm not going to get ahead of myself but acuna has the power potential and he clearly has the stealing potential so i'm going to buy him because if he's able to get close or if we're doing like a 40 40 chase just like judge in his 60 home run chase last year i think his value is going to go up because of it so that's who i'm buying selling and holding i'll go over it one more time real quick I'm buying Drew Jones, I'm selling Nikola Jokic, I'm holding Aaron Judge, I'm buying Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell, and I'm buying Ronald Acuna Jr. But that is everything. Wow, we had a good episode today. Action-packed, filled episode today for episode number 196. I have to look back and always remember and look at my calendar because it's now behind me. So I always have to like look back and like remind myself, what episode? 195, six, seven, where are we? Episode 196, a fantastic episode, guys. If you made it all the way through to the end of this episode, reach out to me via Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere at Murph's Card Town. I'd love to hear what you have to say about anything in today's episode. If you're listening to today's episode on YouTube, please leave a comment down below as I'll greatly appreciate the love and support. With a comment, don't forget to like the video and also subscribe to the channel if you're new or haven't considered subscribing. I want to give everybody a quick reminder yet again that we have today's episode. We have next week, which is 197, and then we have the week after that, 198. And that is going to wrap up Season 2 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Hopefully, we can still talk about the Patriots. Hopefully, D-Hop next week. We can talk more about the hobby, maybe less bitching about eBay. That'd be nice. And just talk more about the hobby with The National coming up. I'm very excited for these next couple episodes as we wrap up Season 2. But that is going to do it for today, guys. Enjoy the weekend. If you're going to any shows, let me know what you pick up. I'd love to see what you're grabbing, what you're buying, selling, and holding. Definitely reach out to me with those. But like I said, that will do it. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the weather. It's starting to feel like summer. I got the AC on. But between now and the next episode, you guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you.